Hi guys, it's Ginger here. Um, I am just ahead of the podcast, going to let you know, um, for some reason my sound is absolute dog shit this episode. We are working really hard to try to find that out, to try to figure out just what was going on um, with that, but I apologize, enjoy what you can of my audio and all of the stupendousness of uh, Ran's dulcet tones, and we'll see you next week. Thanks. This fucking guy. Hello, my little pierogies. Welcome to This Fucking Guy, a podcast about self-care, if self-care is one long scream into the void. Here's where we use expletives and alcohol to emotionally process the creeps, the jerks, the dick wheels. The dick wheels. The dick wheels. <laughs> like cheese wheels, but cheese made of dicks. wheels, but made of dicks <laughs> that compose the shitty elevator music of our lives. I don't feel like redoing that, so we're leaving it in. I like it. We're leaving it in. Well, I'm your crazy cat lady, Red Martinez. And I'm your early 2000s Nickelodeon cartoon cat dog, Ginger Gollum. That was such a weird fucking show. Such a weird fucking show. I hated that show so much because I felt for the cat deep in my soul. It wasn't the worst one. Actually, I, Angry Beavers. I did not care for that show. Do I you remember? That Nor- was it Norbert that was the uh, blonde one? I really appreciate that you remember a name because I think you're right, but fuck if I it's remember. Like Norbert and Evan Rude or something. But... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that Norbert's confidence was weirdly sexy. And, uh, I mean, again, it's definitely 2000s. about a gay couple living in their dam, like, surrounded by woodland creatures. I think that they're explicitly stated to be brothers. It's a cover. It's a cover. <laughs> oh, early 2000s cartoons. Or I guess, like, 90s and 2000s. Like, as a millennial, like, I feel like I'm responsible to be nostalgic at all times. Oh, yeah. It's part of the branding. So, do you have anything you need to scream into the void? I do. While I was waiting on you to um, come over to my house to record, I turned on Netflix and it was like, Hey, you want to watch this bullshit? And I went, Absolutely. Um, Netflix has this new show called Love is Blind, which is a whole bunch of deeply broken straight people. Agreeing to marry other people that they have never seen before in their lives. That they just go into pods and kind of talk at. And it is like, it's it's kind of sexist. It's really depressing. And uh, are, are straight people okay? Straight people are not okay. <laughs> Nick Lachey oh. and his wife, Vanessa Lachey, are also not okay. Oh, because goodness. Because that's who's hosting the show. Oh, goodness. You know, Nick and his wife, Vanessa Lachey. People I definitely know about, I guess. Um, I also want to let our guests know that we have, well, our our listeners know, that we have a guest in the podlock today. Yes, we do. Beans has returned. Beans. Beans, who is currently sitting on Ginger's foot. But I've said his name now, so he's going to clack over on the hardwood. Yeah. It's going to be really beautiful to listen to. Just sonically so pleasant. (laughs) Speaking of sonically so pleasant, I need our listeners to know that we futzed with the sound for like 15, 20 (laughs) minutes before we started recording and just went, I don't care anymore. Ginger can be quiet. 
It's Ren presenting this week anyway. Don't don't come at me. And I pointed out the very obvious flaw during this was, Ginger, is your microphone on? Well, okay. yeah, at first it wasn't on, and then that appeared to fix the issue. And then for some reason it got really quiet again. Beans, your mother is fantastic, but not always electronically equipped. <laughs> what noise is that? What noise it's is like, making? Like, both a creaky door and, like, definitely an old person in one of those, help, I can't get up, commercials. It's time for some therapy now. It absolutely is. Let's get to it. All right, Ren. Mm. Are you ready? (laughs) I don't know if I'm ready, but are Are you you ready to tell me about this fucking guy? So this is going to be a doozy. I'm definitely going to need some uh, psychiatric meds after this one. Just give me all the lorazepam. Um, Actually, clonopin's probably better. Anyway, um, so I kind of want to preface this episode by talking about sort of where we are as a society about an issue. Mm -hmm. And this issue is that whenever a famous person passes away... There's this age-old debate on how to react, right? Uh So should we laud the person for their accomplishments, send their family well wishes and regards, gloss over anything that may have been difficult to present this glowing picture? Or do we talk about what really happened? You know, the mistakes and flaws, the horrible things they did, or even the crimes they committed. This can become even more clusterfucky if the person has not passed away yet but has been in a terrible accident or perhaps could become very ill. So does a person's circumstances change how we discuss their legacy? Do we forgive and forget? And to that, I say, nah. (laughs) You ever heard of Rush Limbaugh? Oh! Oh, Jesus! Oh! I saw your eyes slowly widen throughout that, and you're like, who could it be? I was just doing the mental math of just, as we were going, I was like, Kobe? Is she gonna do Kobe? And then then you're like, they're not dead, and then I was like, is she gonna try to do Cosby? But no, it's so much better somehow! So you have heard of Rush Limbaugh. I have heard of Rush Limbaugh, and I'm confused as to why you're doing him for Black History Month, but sure. Oh, well. There's a reason? There's reasons. Oh. There are reasons. So Rush Hudson Limbaugh III, which is super embarrassing that there's three of those, is an American radio personality, conservative political commentator, author, and former television show host. He is best known as the host of his longtime running radio show, The Rush Limbaugh Show. He was born in... Do we need to get beans out? We do. Well, we need to get beans up on the lap. Sorry. Okay. Well, we will pause. We're going to just stop recording for a second because this is going to be sonically unpleasant when I move my boom. I'm going to try holding him for a while because I love him. That's fine. Look at him. He is a very oh, good boy. No, put your penis away. Put your penis away. <laughs> So back to Rush Limbaugh, um, who has nothing to do with dog penises. Doesn't he? Not specifically, no. Um, So he was born on January 12th, 1951, 
in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. He was born in Missouri. Okay. Uh, his family is made up of pretty much lawyers. His grandfather, his father, his brother, his uncle, Stephen Limbaugh Sr., is a federal judge uh, in the United States District Court. His cousin, uh, Stephen Limbaugh Jr., is a judge in the same court, appointed by George W. Bush. Uh, his grandfather was a Missouri prosecutor, judge, special commissioner, and longtime president of the Missouri Historical Society. So, in short, all his family are squares and narcs. They boring. They boring. They so boring. When he was 16, he gets his first job uh, at a radio station. Um, he apparently used the air name Rusty Sharp because he found <laughs> he found Sharp in a telephone book. What a creative genius. A Rusty Sharp is a thing that will give you tetanus. Yes. It's not a good radio host It is name. not a good name. Um, but his parents wanted him to go to college, so he tried, and according to his mother, flunked everything. Oh, cool. So, um... Uh, this guy, Zev Shafitz, who did a biography on Limbaugh called Rush Limbaugh, An Army of One, stated that as a teenager, he was unhappy. An adult personality locked in a kid's body, which are the worst children. Um, he was out of step with the values of the 60s, and he was sensitive about being overweight. A large part of Rush's life had been dedicated to winning his father's respect and approval. Who is surprised this man has daddy issues? I mean, anyone? Not I. <laughs> um, so in 1971, he drops out of university, and a then 20 a 20-year-old Limbaugh accepts an offer to DJ at a radio station in McKeesport, Pennsylvania. He adopts the air name Bachelor Jeff, because again, yes. still a creative genius. Bachelor Jeff. It's better than Rusty Sharp, but got- not. By much. I got my bachelor's in sociology. I did not know that getting my bachelor's in Jeff was an option. Yeah. Bachelors of Jeff. I've been to Magna Jeff, Cum Laude. I've never been to Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the station's general manager compared Limbaugh's style at this time to early Imus, who yeah. is... Yeah. Who's another person that they made quit because he did some real yeah. shit. This is, of course, referring to Don Imus, who was fired by CBS Radio Radio in uh, 2007 after describing the Rutgers University women's basketball team as nappy-headed hoes. Yeah, I rem- oh, I remember that viscerally. I didn't even know who Don Imus was at the time, but I was very yeah. fired. Yeah, but a, not a man you want to be compared to, really. No, possibly hmm. the only person we've successfully canceled. Successfully canceled. Uh, Rush was fired shortly after because of personality conflicts, which is business speak for he was a huge asshole. Conflicts is a nice way to say disorders. <laughs> personality disorders. Uh, he started a nighttime gig at a station in Pittsburgh, but was fired again. He then moved in with his parents, which is honestly the most millennial thing he's ever done, and also a thing I'm sure he's hated on millennials for doing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, in 1975, he began an afternoon show at a station in Kansas City, Missouri. Was fired two years later. Yep. He then starts an evening show at another station, and after disagreements with management, which again, code for was an absolute nightmare to work with, he was fired again, continuing his streak of failure. <laughs> well, he does take a break from radio for a while during this period, uh, because he's clearly bad at it, um... 
During this time, he claimed that uh, trips to Europe and Asia developed his conservative views as he considered these countries having lowered standards of living than the U.S. Where was he going in Europe and Asia? It's just, he just, well, here's the quote. Okay. So I go to Europe and say, wait a minute, why is this bedroom so damned old-fashioned and doesn't work? What the hell is this? They call this a toilet? So I started asking myself, how is it that we, who've only been around 200 years, are light years ahead of people that have been alive a thousand? So, I know you meant bathroom. No, it says bedroom. Okay, so maybe that's the problem. Maybe he was sleeping in the bathroom and he's like, <laughs> it's very cold and hard. Is there a toilet? Over I here? don't understand this design choice. Where's Joanna Gaines? <laughs> I need a clock in here. Oh, Rush Limbaugh probably loves. Oh, probably. Um, it, it, this is particularly hilarious to me because I did like a mini tour of Europe for my honeymoon, and I can assure you, everyone has like regular toilets. Everyone has real toilets. Like I don't know what he's talking about. Uh. They also have universal health care and paid parental leave and an overall greater life expense expectancy, but, you know, whatever. Well, Ren, the poor man was sleeping in a bathroom. What do you expect? <laughs> uh, he must have... I don't know. The only time I sleep in bathrooms is when I'm really drunk, so... I mean, that's... As I'm fleshing out this rich fantasy in my mind, I absolutely with every inch of my soul believe that Rush Limbaugh at his home in the United States probably has a bedroom toilet. <laughs> with shag carpeting. Yes. In 1983, Rush decided to try radio again, starting in Kansas City, which is also when he decided to broadcast under his real name. But guess what? He was fired again! Oh, he cannot help himself. Cannot. No, no. He then landed a spot out in Sacramento, California, and probably would have continued into being fired in obscurity if not for the repeal of the Fairness Doctrine. Are you familiar with the Fairness Doctrine? I am not. So the Fairness Doctrine of the United States Federal Communications Commission was introduced in 1949. It was a policy that required the holders of broadcast licenses to both present controversial issues of public importance and to do so in a manner that was, in the FCC's view, honest, equitable, and balanced. So if you had a position like climate change is fake, you had to present the opposite view of climate change being real in a way that was a balanced, nuanced discussion. So of course it was repealed in 1987 under the Reagan administration because Ronald Reagan ruins everything. So the repeal of the Fairness Doctrine meant that stations could broadcast editorial commentary without having to present any opposing views. And they never stopped since. Ne never. Never. You can think pretty much everything based on this. The way all media is now <laughs> based on this. One Wall Street Journal editorial articulated that Ronald Reagan tore down this wall, the Fairness Doctrine, in 1987. And Rush Limbaugh was the first man to proclaim himself liberated from the East Germany of liberal media domination. That's a very rich metaphor. Thanks to this newfound ability to spew off whatever garbage his mind dredged up without any need for actual facts and or nuance, Rush was not fired from his Sacramento gig. 
In fact, he was scooped up and moved to New York in 1988, where his show was then syndicated. The program was eventually moved to stations with larger audiences, eventually being broadcast on over 650 radio stations nationwide. I didn't know we had that many. Yep, and they all have Rush Limbaugh. So no matter where you go, no matter what you do, Rush Limbaugh is keeping an eye on you. So his career rise coincided with the Persian Gulf War, and his show was known for his unwavering support for the war effort, and his relentless ridicule of peace activists. That sounds on brand. And then he moved on to mocking the Clintons and the Democratic Party throughout the Clinton administration. Yeah, okay. Um, when the Republican Party won control of Congress in the 1994 midterms, the freshman Republican class awarded Limbaugh an honorary membership in their caucus, believing he had a pivotal role in their success. I mean, they're probably not wrong, but it's gross. Yeah, oh boy. That bodes well for the next 20 years, as we know. I mean, we're here. We know what happened. We know what happened. So let's talk a minute about the Rush Limbaugh show itself. The show airs for three hours each weekday, beginning at noon Eastern time on both AM and FM radio. How? That's a long, yeah. That's too long. That's too fucking long. That's like watching Pearl Harbor. <laughs> the movie, not the event. Every day of the week. Every Monday day. through Friday, when Pearl Harbor. When does he go to the bathroom? I, I guess during oh, commercial break. from his bedroom toilet, doesn't he? He does a show from his bedroom toilet. His bedroom toilet. He goes right into his bedroom. His bedroom toilet. Um... The program is also broadcast worldwide on the Armed Forces Radio Network because oh. of fucking course it does. That's that's just cruel to the troops. Support our troops. Deplatform Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> um, the program airs live and consists primarily of ranting monologues, usually based on current events and news of the day, interspersed with parody ads, occasional guest spots, phone calls from listeners, conspiracy theories, and a variety of running comedy bits. He sometimes promotes his own products, such as his political newsletter, The Limbaugh Letter, which is just a published screed of his worst thoughts and ideas, and you can download as an app both on Android and on iTunes. Uh, just because you telling me about this and telling me about this during the Clinton administration has given me, like, the most vivid memory coming back to me of being in like fourth grade and my mom was reading some book by Rush Limbaugh and my mother is probably the smartest like most compassionate liberal I know and all I got from that is hee hee funny name it sounds like Limburger which is a cheese <laughs> uh, he's and, the cheese man yes and but in retrospect I'm like huh this is probably why she has heart issues, because she read Rush Limbaugh in the 90s. Oh boy, yeah. So as part of this Limbaugh letter, uh, he published what he called 35 Undeniable Truths in 1988, and later updated them in 1994. Let's lay down some truths! I'm not going to uh, go through all of them. Just some you. some of the choice ones I find particularly both worrisome, hilarious, Hilarious. There is no such thing as war atrocities. Oh boy. There is only one way to get rid of nuclear weapons. Use them. What? Yup. That's one of his undeniable truths from 1988. What? Ooh. 
there will always be poor people. This is not the fault of the rich. Another truth, the vast majority of the rich in this country did not inherit their wealth. They earned it. They are the country's achievers, producers, and job creators. I'm gonna need a source on that one. <laughs> the most beautiful thing about a tree is what you do with it after you cut it down. No! No! Yeah. <laughs> Shit on the proletariat all you want, but don't come for my trees! It's just so cartoonish. Don't you come for my trees, Rush! <laughs> it's just so cartoonishly evil, like oh a really bad God. Captain Planet episode. <laughs> the oh. most beautiful thing about a tree is when you've cut it down. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Rush Limbaugh meets the Lorax. <laughs> oh. The worst. The worst book. Um, Ronald Reagan was the greatest president of the 20th century. I mean, he's not alone in that delusion. Continue. Okay. The way to improve our schools is not more money but the reintroduction of moral and spiritual values, as well as the four R's, reading, writing, arithmetic, and rush. Okay, well, so this has been fun, and I will see you next week. <laughs> Who? Who? This is what are those young moldable brains need, is three hours a day of Rush Limbaugh. Why is this the one that I'm not drinking for? Here, have some of mine. Uh, 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 <laughs> Drink that vodka cram. Drink that vodka cram, because there's so much more Rush Limbaugh to go through. Oh, Jesus. On the show, Rush uses his own lingo that he's developed. Mm -hmm. It's truly fucking stupid. But learning the language is important. So we're going to go through a few of these. We're going to start strong with collar abortion. What? This is Limbaugh's term for disconnecting an unwanted collar, accompanied by the sound effects of screams, a vacuum cleaner, and a toilet flushing. What? Yup. Uh, Club Gitmo. That should be... It's Guantanamo Bay. Which mm -hmm. apparently he's equating to Club Fed. And I'm guessing it's not the same. The Congressional Black Caucasians... Oh, Which is for gosh. the Congressional Black Caucus. I thought this one was fun. This is very metal. The Four Corners of Deceit. Uh, he originally used this comment uh, when he was talking about some email controversy. It doesn't really matter. I don't talk okay. about it. But it references government, universities, science, and state media. The Four Corners <sighs> of Deceit. Also, in this case, when he refers to state-run media, he just means mainstream media. Yeah. Um, and then, because this is kind of cute, the Huffing and Puffington Post. That one. <laughs> he also makes dumbass nicknames for people, similar to some, I don't know, president some we, know. we know. Yeah. Um, so this is the game. I'm going to read it, and you're going to tell me who the person is. Okay. They're not hard. Okay. Chuck U. Schumer. <laughs> I mean, I assume... <laughs> Okay, so, so, Chuck it, Schumer. Chuck yeah. Schumer, yes. Yeah. Uh, Joe Plugs Bite Me. <laughs> I feel like I've heard you call him that. I have never called Joe Biden that. I've just said he's a Republican. That's true. Debbie Blabbermouth Schultz. Oh. Which is obvious. Yeah, we know who all of these yeah. people are. It's um, not hard. And the Hildebeast. 
Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Uh, he also has some nicknames for himself. He has called himself um, Defender of Motherhood. You can't come up with your own nicknames, Rush. I only picked four out of a list of like 10 or 12. Again, Defender of Motherhood. Mm -hmm. Talent on loan from God. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was taking a swig of water during that one. On loan? Talent on loan from God. On the cutting edge of societal evolution and the doctor of democracy. I don't understand how anyone has ever taken this man seriously at any point. It millions, unfortunately. Oh. Millions. But again, what humility. Such humble. Oh, so wow. so he has this platform that that's on three hours a day, five days a week, on over six hundred and fifty stations nationwide. With that much influence, I am sure Rush considers very carefully every position he takes. There are not enough good opinions to fill three hours, some total. Let's talk about race, baby. Okay. Uh, according to Wikipedia, Limbaugh is known for making controversial race-related statements, which is translated to, says racist shit. Yeah. <laughs> he once opined... Have you ever noticed how all composite pictures of wanted criminals resemble Jesse Jackson? Oh, no. He also once told a black caller to take that bone out of your nose and call me back. What the fuck? During Limbaugh's 2003 stint as a host on Sunday NFL Countdown, he stated that, I don't think he's been that good from the get-go. I think what we've had here is a little social concern in the NFL. I think the media has been very desirous that a black quarterback do well. They're interested in black coaches and black quarterbacks doing well. While he was not fired, he did he was he was pressured to resign and did shortly after, which was because he was going to be fired. And of all of the shit he said that that was the one that like that, did at, it at least for weird, ESPN. But okay. but okay. They have a standard Whatever and at least it it's Whatever it takes to get Rush Limbaugh yeah. off the air. In other sports news, I think it's time to get rid of this whole National Basketball Association. Call it the TBA, the Thug Basketball Association, no. and stop calling no. them teams. Call them no, no, gangs. No, 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 no. <laughs> and you wondered why I brought no. him up for Black History Month. Um, oh, God. In 2007, he said that the NFL all too often looks like a game between the Bloods and the Crips without any weapons. There. I said it. You, you sure Does did, Rush. every <laughs> sentence with there, I said it. I've never listened to his show. That might surprise you. What? You? What? Um, no, this specific one he does, but I find it very funny because he's like, he feels it's very martyry of him. There. I've said it. All of you were thinking it, but I no one was thinking it, Rush. No. No one thought that. No. No one thought that. Um, he has also argued that liberal politicians, while they have encouraged immigration from Latin America, have specifically discouraged their assimilation in order to deliberately create racial inequality so they could then manipulate them as a voter base. And That's stupid. <laughs> and, That's... <laughs> <laughs> it's not done. 
and that these immigrants' continued admission will cause a collapse of representative democracy and rule of law in the United States. <laughs> what a fucking leap! So here's some other racist quotes, just out of the racist quote jar. Holocaust, 90 million Indians, only 4 million left? They all have casinos. What's to complain about? What the fuck? The NAACP should have riot rehearsal. They should get a liquor store and practice robberies. The Los Angeles riots were not caused by the Rodney King verdict. The Los Angeles riots were caused by rioters. This is another one of his undeniable truths. This is an undeniable truth, according to Rush Limbaugh. Ginger is now cradling the void, because that's all we can do. It's preposterous that Caucasians are blamed for slavery when they've done more to end it than any other race. If any race of people... Before you rudely interrupted, um, if oh any if any race of people should not have guilt about slavery, it's Caucasians. What? what? He also, while translating comments from Chi- then Chinese President Hu Jintao in 2011, let off a string of insert racist vocalizations here. Uh huh. The idea. Uh, a bunch of those nonsense before finishing with. Nobody was translating, but that's the closest I can get. Now let's talk about Barack Obama. I'm sure it surprises you that Rush Limbaugh hated Barack Obama. Yes. <laughs> he helped spread the birther conspiracy theory that Obama was not born in the United States. Uh-huh. And has said things like, Obama is more African in his roots than he is American, and that he was behaving like an African colonial despot. What? Yeah. In 2008, Limbaugh infamously compared Barack Obama to a cartoon monkey, Uh and he regularly commented on Michelle Obama's body, referring to her as Michelle Obama and Michelle My Butt. That's a what? That's a Beatles reference. It's there's a song Michelle My Bell. It's, I didn't say it was good. No, it, it makes really no sense. Also, has he seen her and has he seen himself? Oh, no, he talked about how fat she was all the time. I don't know if he was looking at the same woman, but yes, he Rush Limbaugh thought oh. Michelle Obama was okay. fat. Okay, please <laughs> copy-paste this and put it just under cognitive dissonance. <laughs> Like, I'm getting on Wikipedia. I'm making this edit now. Cognitive dissonance is Rush Limbaugh. In everything. Um, He also said Obama used his race to keep himself free of criticism. Which is very strange, because I remember those eight years very differently. He said that what you're going to have to admit is that the race of President Obama paralyzed this country. It gave rise to a thugocracy. And nobody had the guts to speak out against it for fear of what would happen to them. 
He also mentioned Black Lives Matter in that, as if Black Lives Matter was a was the armed like police force of the presidency. I who who. Um, on March 19th, 2007, Limbaugh referred to a Los Angeles Times editorial, which claimed that Barack Obama was filling the role of the magic Negro, and that this explained his appeal to voters. He then later played a song called Barack the Magic Negro, sung no. to the tune no. of, of Puff no. the Magic Dragon. No, oh Jesus Christ, no. Barack, I'm so sorry. <laughs> he also claimed that Obama's foreign policy decisions created ISIS, that the 2012 Benghazi attack was part of a secret arms trading deal between the president and the Syrian opposition, and in 2014, blamed Obama for the spread of Ebola in the United States. Specifically, he suggested that the Obama administration was deliberately allowing Ebola to be transmitted to the U.S. due to its guilt over slavery. I am sorry? He stated, People at the highest levels of our government say, Why? Why shouldn't we get it? Why should only those three nations in Africa get it? We're no better than they are, and they have this attitude. Well, if they have it in Africa, by God, we deserve to get it. Because they're in Africa because of us and because of slavery. What? Yup. Okay. That is somehow the rational conclusions of a man who did not graduate college, I should say, and was fired from at least six jobs. While not the worst part of that sentence, can we just parse the segment, they're in Africa because of us? Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's true. I'm not sure what he means by that. Knowing Rush Limbaugh, I feel like it means we didn't enslave enough people. There were some left. You know what? Because Caucasians are the ones that stopped slavery. They should feel no guilt over it. They did the most. They did the most to stop slavery. So white people should not feel guilty. (laughs) But hey, hey, Ginger, let's not leave the ladies out of this. All right. Not only has Rush Limbaugh compared to a, he, he compared a then thirteen-year-old Chelsea Clinton to a dog. Uh-huh. He has said that women still live longer than men because their lives are easier. One of his undeniable, okay, <laughs> uh, one of his undeniable truths is that feminism was established so as to allow unattractive women easier access to mainstream society. Undeniable truth two words associated with that Hmm. actually rush limbaugh is who you have to thank for the term feminazi that somehow doesn't surprise me i didn't know that like in a factual sense but i knew it yes he uh, coined the term in 1994 thanks rush thanks rush according to limbaugh for certain feminists the most important thing in life is ensuring that as many abortions occur as possible And he referred to the 2017 Women's March, the largest single-day protest in American history, as the deranged Feminazi March. He he did clarify, don't you worry, he did clarify that feminism is what I oppose, and feminism has led women astray. I love women. I don't know where all this got started. I love the women's movement, especially when walking behind it. Uh, (laughs) Oh, Ladies, ma'am. Rush Limbaugh. Is it possible that he's the worst man? He does 
I didn't write it down because I didn't write a lot of that stuff down, but he has had four marriages, three divorces, no children, and one point was like a Viagra smuggler. I didn't get into that because there's so much to cover. Again, knew it spiritually, if not factually. <laughs> uh, in 2014, he criticized a policy at Ohio State University encouraging students to obtain verbal consent before sexual activity, saying... How many of you guys have learned that no means yes if you know how to spot it? Oh, God. Also, he was talking about a women's protest against sexual harassment and commented, they're out there protesting what they actually wish would happen to them sometimes. Yep, all women want to be sexually harassed. That's why we have protests against it and ask people very nicely, please don't do it, is because we actually want that to happen. That's the best way to get what you want, is to try desperately for it never to occur. The thing with Rush Limbaugh (laughs) is at this point he has said so many words (laughs) that I feel like you don't have to see him in a clinical setting to be able to, like, make some special diagnostic efforts. So if any of our um, psychologists, psychiatrists, listeners want to write in and just start speculating wildly about what stage of syphilis he is currently <laughs> suffering that is causing this dispute out of his mouth, like, that's he, fine. One of his undeniable, um, another one of his undeniable truths, I did not write in here, but I definitely remember, was that contraceptives only work during the school year. And I don't know what that means. I don't know what truth that means, Rush. What does that mean? Anyway, some other sexist quotes. I think this reason why girls don't do well on multiple choice tests go all the way back to the Bible, all the way back to Genesis, Adam and Eve. God said, all right, Eve, multiple choice or multiple orgasms, what's it gonna be? And we all know what was chosen. (laughs) um yeah it's like somebody took the computer that makes mad libs and then made it really racist (laughs) um another of his undeniable truths women should not be allowed on juries where the accused is a stud well obviously red obviously obviously I can't do multiple choice tests, but I can have multiple orgasms with that man accused of murder. I'll tell you, you women, why don't you just make it Uh. official, put on some burkas, and I'll guarantee you nobody will touch you. You put on a burka and everybody will leave you alone if that's what you want. No, he wouldn't. No, he absolutely (laughs) wouldn't. Don't fucking lie to me, Rachel I mean, that's a, that's a lovely, nice blend of sexism, Islamophobia, and xenophobia. So you can't go wrong every which way. In 2012, when Georgetown Law student Susan Fluke argued before Congress for contraceptive coverage under the Affordable Care Act, Rush called her a slut and a prostitute. So, Miss Fluke and the rest of you feminazis, here's the deal. If we are going to pay for your contraceptives and thus pay for you to have sex, we want something for it. We want you to post the videos online so we can all watch. 
Rush Limbaugh, you're never allowed to see me have sex. Ever. Ever. I would rather throw myself off a cliff. That might be what finally kills him, because your husband is a brown man. He is a brown... You know what? That's that might my, be what kills maybe him. I need to, maybe I need to have a sex tape Bite with my... Bite the bullet. <laughs> Do it for the rest of us, man. Send your sex tape to Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> and just... He just yes. <laughs> immediately. Oh, goodness. So this actually did lead to some consequences for him. Uh, boycott campaigns uh, pressured his advertisers. And uh, one of the biggest networks actually running him at the time, Cumulus Media, actually decided to drop him from their stations. Okay. So, you know, again, a consequence for one of his statements. I bet he realized oh, that, that was totally reasonable. No. Well, but let's hear what he has to say about LGBT people. Okay. Limbaugh views homosexual sexual practices as unhygienic. He's made gross bigoted statements about HIV AIDS victims and called the virus Rock Hudson's disease and the only federally protected virus. Oh no. <laughs> oh no indeed. Oh no. <laughs> um, back in the 1980s, again he was running his show in New York, um, there was an ACT UP demonstration at St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City which interrupted mass. Oh no. We would like to not die from AIDS, please. So sorry to interrupt your mass. He derided these militant homosexuals for their disrespectful behavior and began broadcasting a segment called AIDS Update, which was introduced by Diane Warwick's I'll Never Love This Way Again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He uh, claimed in 2004 that AIDS hadn't and would not spread to the heterosexual community. Except in Africa, where he blamed the high rates of infection on promiscuity. Straight people don't get AIDS unless you're in Africa and having and promiscuous. Just keep reading. Mm-hmm. I need it to be over. Here's a quote. These people blamed AIDS on Reagan. They actually wanted us to believe that Reagan had the disease, was sneaking into gay people's houses at night, and impregnating them with the disease and running out. Well, now that you put it that way... <laughs> No, no one said that Ronald Reagan was impregnating them with AIDS. No one said that. They said that, hey, there's an epidemic. Maybe you should pay fucking attention. Is there any chance that he knows something we didn't know <laughs> and is just trying to very casually tell us? Well, we do know that he was friends with Roy Cohn, and Roy Cohn was not gay. Oh, yeah. But loved having but sex with loved, men. But loved a twink. Yeah, loved he a did. Twink. <laughs> he also has opinions on same-sex marriage, because of course he does. Of course he does. He stated that they seek to impose their perverted views, their depraved views on family and marriage, as well as, as far as I'm concerned, once we started talking about gay marriage, traditional marriage, opposite-sex marriage, same-sex marriage, hetero marriage, we lost it was over. You did. You, you did, did lose. You did lose, Rush. Oh, no. Tears. Eat my whole ass. So, Rush Limbaugh has, as I'm sure you've heard, recently won the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Define one. He was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. There you go. The Presidential Medal of Freedom is for especially meritorious contrib- contribution to one 
the security or national interests of the United States, two, world peace, or three, cultural or other significant public or private endeavors. In his speech, President Trump described Rush Limbaugh as a special man beloved by millions of Americans who is the greatest fighter and winner you will ever meet. So this was the day after uh, Rush announced on his show that he was diagnosed with advanced lung cancer. Never once have I applauded cancer so hard. <laughs> Never once have I approved of lung ch- cancer's choices so wholeheartedly. See, most people's legacies are complex and nuanced. In the wake of diagnoses like this, uh, I think it's a natural human reaction to sort of smooth over those complexities, to sort of ignore critiques, and to really focus on the wonderful things a person has done. The problem is that it's Rush Limbaugh, and his legacy is not complex. His legacy is fucked. He's a bigoted asshole. Yeah. Has always been a bigoted asshole, and will continue to be a bigoted asshole. As evidenced by comments he made goddamn yesterday, which he talks about the Democratic presidential candidates. <clears throat> You've got Focahontas way back there in the background, barely out of the TP, bringing up the tail end. Biden's gone. So you're faced with a dyed-in-the-wool socialist who's not even a Democrat and a gay guy. They're looking at Mayor Pete, a 37-year-old gay guy, mayor of South Bend, loves to kiss his husband on the debate stage, and they're saying, okay, how's this gonna look? A 37-year-old gay guy kissing his husband on stage next to Mr. Man, Donald Trump. What's gonna happen there? They gotta be saying that, despite all the great progress, and despite all the great wokeness, and despite all the great ground that's been covered, America's still not ready to elect a gay guy kissing his husband on the debate stage president. They have to be saying this, don't they? The only onstage kiss that America was not ready for was that time that Al Gore, like, tongue-kissed Tipper. Which, honestly, everybody we stand a king. R.I.P. their love. Actually, as far as kissing on stage, it was not a kiss, but I just loved Tom Steyer being so so deeply like eager to like shake bernard sanders hand like he interrupted his his fight essentially to be like mr sanders i'm so excited to meet you like he just really wants to be bernie's best friend and that's the kind of love i want to see on the debate stage we stand a burn we stand a burn get out and vote kids um but let's wrap this up so we're gonna wrap this up this rush limbaugh tale thank god by talking about children's books Oh, no. That's right. Not only is Rush Limbaugh a raging bigot, radio personality, and political pundit, he writes books for children. Oh, no. According to the website, the Adventures of Rush Revere book series brings American history to life in a fun, engaging, and patriotic way. The mission of the series is to engage young readers by taking them back through time travel to witness exceptional events and meet incredible people in American history. Along with substitute history teacher Rush Revere, his hilarious sidekick Liberty, and a group of middle school students, readers experience history firsthand and speak with Famous patriots like George Washington. I'm sorry, Ren. I don't think I caught any of that because my consciousness left my body. <laughs> well, it's going to leave even further because I have a photo 
of oh, no. the the cover of Rush Revere and the Brave Pilgrims. <laughs> Just so you know, dear listeners. create really <laughs> shitty art for each episode. I know you all appreciate it. I'm not going to do that this week. We're just going to post that. Just post that. Possibly it's... Oh boy. Well, let's read the back of Rush Revere and the Brave Pilgrims. Okay. Meet Rush Limbaugh's really good pal, Rush Revere. Okay, okay. My name's really Rusty, but my friends call me Rush. Rush Revere because I've always been the number one fan of the coolest colonial dude ever, Paul Revere. Talk about a rock star. This guy wanted to protect young America so badly, he rode through those bumpy, cobblestony streets shouting, the British are coming, on a horse, top of his lungs, wind blowing, Rain streaming. Why, do, why does this sound like an intrepid young boy detective talking when he has a very old Rush Limbaugh face? Well, you get the picture. But what if you could get the real picture by actually going back in time and seeing with your own eyes how our great country came to be? Meeting the people who made it all happen. People like you and me. Hold on to your pointy triangle hats, because you can, with me, Rush Revere, seemingly ordinary substitute history teacher, as your tour guide across time. How, you ask? Well, there's this portal, and a horse, my talking horse named Liberty. And, well, just trust me, I'll get us there. Rush Revere got kicked in the head by that horse. <laughs> Rush Revere is taking a bunch of middle schoolers down the middle of the woods. With a talking horse. With a talking horse. Come, come into my hand. See my talking horse. <laughs> um, Mr. Rush, why is there a toilet in this van? Because there's none in Europe. <laughs> we'll begin by joining a shipload of brave families journeying on the Mayflower. Joining a shitload of brave families. <laughs> it's ship. Shipload. Is Don't it... make fun of my, my slur. Um, joining a shipload of brave families. <laughs> I can't not hear it. <laughs> journeying on the Mayflower in 1620. Yawn? I don't think so. 1620 was a pretty awesome time, and you'll experience exactly what they did on that rough, dangerous ocean crossing. Together, we'll ask the pilgrims all our questions, find out how they live, join them at the first Thanksgiving, and much more. He hasn't mentioned native people once. Nor will he. Nor will he. Um, so saddle up and let's ride. Our exceptional nation is waiting to be discovered all over again by exceptional young patriots like you. That's a lot of fucking text to put on the back of a book. Also. Like, brevity, sir. Although for a man with a three-hour radio show, I suppose... Brevity I should, is not his no, strong suit. Is not his suit. Editing is not his suit. Oh, so okay. that's Rush Limbaugh. Oh, that is so 
I need them real bad, Brad. I need those self care tips right now. If you could just, if you could just hurry along. Self care tips, Ren. Okay, okay. Whew. Let's bring it down. Here's my self care plan. So Valentine's Day is tomorrow. Let's have a little holiday focus self care. Okay. Treat yourself to a gift. Who says you can't buy yourself a heart-shaped box of chocolates or a beautiful bouquet of flowers? Even if you don't want a cliche Valentine's Day gift, you can get yourself something you've been wanting, like a nice sweater or a basket of contraceptives just to piss off sex-shaming douchebags. <laughs> Make something you love for dinner. Who needs a fancy dinner at a restaurant when you could easily make yourself something delicious? Don't feel pressured to cook anything crazy. Just make your favorite meal, like mac and cheese. Or the rich. <laughs> Take a social media break. Social media can be exhausting on Valentine's Day. People are either posting pictures of how they're celebrating with their significant other, or pictures or quotes, on how much they hate the holiday. Take a break from social media, as well as any platforms that allow bigoted assholes to spew their shitty opinions. And that's my self-care. Huh. Well, I guess since since Ginger is literally going to crawl out of her skin at any moment, that's going to be it for us this week, folks. If you, against all odds, <laughs> like what you're hearing, you should check us out on thisfnguypod.com or on Twitter at thisfnguypod or donate to our Patreon because we're poor. Yep, and that's also thisfnguypod. Pretty much everything is at the Seth yeah, and Guy I'm, pod. I'm, I'm going to try to start up a Facebook page this weekend. Keep your eyes on the horizon. Keep your eyes peeled. The Seth and Guy at Facebook. As always, I'm Ren Martinez. And I'm Ginger Gollum. Here's a bonus self-care trip. Trim your dog's toenails like that clickety-clack too much. And don't be this fucking guy. Peace. This fucking guy.